Welcome to Ars Equi, the podcast on all things law and technology. I'm Tima. I'm Paul. And on this episode, WhatsApp's new privacy policy. Welcome to another episode of the Ars Equi podcast. As we entered into the new year, a lot of WhatsApp users, I mean all WhatsApp users, got an alert on their phone, essentially requiring us to accept new terms and conditions in relation to WhatsApp's privacy policy. Now, this has been widely controversial because it forces users to agree to these new terms or otherwise you have to delete the app and have to delete the account and can't use it anymore. Now, this has gotten a lot of attention because part of these uh, new privacy policies is that WhatsApp will share data with Facebook, the parent company of WhatsApp, uh, to know more about you and for to use this data for advertising. Right. So given how much of a big deal this has caused and the uproar on social media and in the media itself, we decided that we should have a look into what exactly do these new changes in the WhatsApp privacy policy mean? How do they affect us as WhatsApp users? And from a legal point of view, is this something that you should really be concerned about? Yeah, so maybe we will jump right in and talk about what data WhatsApp even has of me. Like, what do they know already? Right, I think so. For a lot of people, people were really concerned that all of a sudden now WhatsApp is taking all of this information from them. And because WhatsApp is such a personal application, Mm -hmm. I guess, less so like Facebook and Instagram, where WhatsApp is really your private conversations with family, friends, things like that. I think people are a lot more concerned about the processing of their information on this platform. Yeah, I mean, is WhatsApp reading my messages? Because like what I'm posting on Facebook and what I'm posting on Twitter and Instagram and so on, I know that this will be public to some degree right. and I don't really care like if they also know. Yeah, this. I want people to know what, what I'm thinking right. and, and where I've been and stuff like that. But I don't want people to know what I'm texting my mom and my dad. Yeah. So what does WhatsApp collect? So according to their privacy policy, WhatsApp collects your account information, right? So that's like your phone number. If you have a profile picture on WhatsApp, this will be processed. Your profile name and all the things that WhatsApp needs to essentially create your account and then continue to maintain your account while you use their services. Now, the next point in privacy policies is your messages, but they explain how they are using it and uh, they they say that they can't read your messages due to a thing called end-to-end encryption. So essentially, uh, the message you are sending to a recipient is encrypted on your phone and then only sent encrypted to the other phone and only there can be encrypted. So WhatsApp A doesn't store these messages and B uh, can't technically read them um, because of this encryption. Right. So the short answer is no, WhatsApp is not reading your messages. This would be a gross invasion of your privacy mm. and it would genuinely be illegal. So they're, they're not doing that. But they are storing your messages that are not delivered immediately. Right. So, for example, if I send a text mess, I mean, a WhatsApp message to Paul, but Paul is offline and it's like one tick. That message will be stored until Paul comes back online mm-hmm. and the message can be delivered. Once it's delivered, then the message will be deleted from WhatsApp servers. Yeah, but even if it's stored, it is encrypted, so they can't really do anything with it. Exactly. So WhatsApp is not reading your messages, but they are definitely processing and sharing the me- the metadata that is surrounding your messages. So information about your message, right? So things like... Um, 
how frequently you message, what time, the timestamp, all of those things are processed. Am I correct? Yeah, and also like who you are contacting and who do you have in your address book. So who who are the people you know? And this is actually quite interesting in my opinion because um, they are talking quite a bit in this uh, privacy policies about your your contact details because uh, or your contact lists because mm. these are personal data of other people right mm. that you are sharing with them so this already creates this like kind of weird legal situation of like you agreeing to some processing of someone else's data yeah. and i think what's what's really interesting about the your address book thing is that whatsapp is processing all the numbers in your address book regardless of whether these people use whatsapp or not which for me is like massively problematic because if they are only processing numbers that they already have access to then that would be a different story but if you have a phone number in your address book that doesn't use whatsapp whatsapp still has the the right or the freedom to process that number and in their privacy policy they literally say you confirm that you are authorized to provide them with such information which makes no sense yeah yeah they do say that it's encrypted but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's anonymous because they can still know that for example if us two have the same contact third-party contact in our contact list they know it's the same one um so it isn't really um, anonymous, it still is personal data. Um, and if this person then signs up, it can say, hey, you two friends, Tima and Paul, you already are already on Facebook. Exactly. WhatsApp. So something else that WhatsApp processes is your device and connection information, right? So the type of phone that you use, your battery levels, your IP address, mm-hmm. anything that has to do with your the device that you use WhatsApp on and all the surrounding identifiers, mm-hmm. WhatsApp does process that information. I found this really interesting um, because it seems so random, you know, that they want to know your battery level and they want to know like yeah. what specific version of app and browser and, you know, which um, phone network you're on. But my interpretation of this is that this is some kind of fingerprinting, essentially, uh, even without knowing or matching up your phone number with your Facebook profile, for example, Mm. they can still compare all of these data uh, on your WhatsApp and on Facebook Messenger, for example, and then match you up based on all of these data points. Exactly. And that's the whole point, because these identifiers would be unique to you, right? Mm. So the type of phone that you use, the browser that you use, the version of which apps you're using, all of that stuff will be unique to you. Mm. And it will be a lot easier for them to match that up with other Facebook products that you might also use. So yeah, it's a lot It's a lot going on. They are processing a lot of your personal data. And then let's move on to live location. So when you share your live location on WhatsApp, WhatsApp collects that information automatically. So all of that, all your location-related data, for example, the city that you live in, the country that you live in, mm-hmm. that data is processed by WhatsApp. And it's, they... The reasoning is that they need it for the live location function to work, but they are processing that information. My interpretation of this is that, you know, my exact location is only processed if I'm actively sharing this with another user. Right. right? But then if not, they still are able to know the city and Mm. the country that you Mm. live in. Whether or not you share your live location, they still have your number and your um, area code of your number. So they're still able to know, like, if you're a plus four, three you live in Austria mm. or you know what I mean? Or plus two, seven, mm. you live in South Africa. Mm. So they do have that information. 
Yeah, so th this list goes on and on um, about the different kinds of data that they, they are using. Um, what I will say, though, is that they're quite um, open in their privacy policy mm -hmm. about what they're collecting. I feel like a lot of privacy policies are high-key shady, mm -hmm. and they try to like make it seem as though they are not processing that much, but they leave things out. So a lot of other privacy policies are not very specific on, we're mm -hmm. taking your location mm -hmm. data, we're taking this, we're taking that. But WhatsApp's privacy policy they really are telling you exactly yeah, what's yeah. going on. And, I mean, it's not great, but I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are legally obliged to do so. Exactly, but, but so many companies yeah. are legally obliged yeah. and they don't. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not the best, but I'll say thumbs up for the honesty <laughs> and for like just being upfront about what it is. Because for me, I read privacy policies, so I would like to know what I'm entering into. Whether mm. I have a choice or not, I think knowing is better than being in a position where you're kind of blindsided when you later find out like, oh, all of this information mm. is collected mm. and I had no idea. Yeah, definitely. So um, what is now the whole thing about WhatsApp sharing information with Facebook? Um, they do have two kinds of privacy policies, one for the EU, or strictly speaking, the European Economic Area, where the GDPR applies, right. uh, and one for the rest of the world. And there are some key differences, right? Mm -hmm. So can you tell us what differences are for the EU? I mean, the, the, the main point really is the Facebook one. Yeah. So the, the EU one seems more more detailed mm -hmm. in my opinion and it has all the thing that the, the things that the GDPR require us to like, um, to have in, in the, these privacy policies um, but the main point is the sharing data with Facebook right so in the one for the rest of the world except the EU uh, it very clearly states that whatsapp will send data to Facebook to a match up your information so your profiles on Facebook and whatsapp uh, and to target ads to you so they know like what kind of you know, shoes you like and they will show you adverts of, of shoes. Right. So then their entire argument is like this is an integration. It's, a, it's mm. a necessary for integration. So in order mm. for all these Facebook products to be integrated, because I guess if most people who use WhatsApp also use Instagram, also use mm -hmm. Facebook, and they're trying to create some sort of synergy between the two. But in that sense, in creating that synergy, this gives rise to a lot of legal issues, um, ethical issues, mm -hmm. antitrust issues, and things like that, which we will get into as we go on. Now, what is interesting and what I read in an article is that Facebook is really interested in phone numbers of users, which seems quite trivial. Right. Uh, but they are an, a unique identifier for each user. So you mostly have exactly one uh, phone number yeah. uh, that is uh, your only one. Uh, and that can identify you uh, various, a lot of, of, of different uh, service, services. That's really interesting that it's a f like, that they're attaching you to your phone number as opposed to like your name on your profile mm. or something like that. But I guess it makes sense because... A lot of people have the same name. Exactly. And also, um, you most people have had the same phone number for years. Yeah. So whether you switch phones or whatever happens, you always mm -hmm. try to keep your number as best as you can. So it is a unique identifier and they are definitely trying to connect you 
on Facebook and on Instagram and on all these social networks with your phone number. Another reason why you can log in on Facebook with your phone number and log in on Instagram with your phone number. I actually never thought about that. <laughs> oh, I'm realizing yeah. things. You're like providing the data <laughs> for, for them. Free. And it, it's so much easier to log in with your phone number yeah. than it is to like have a new email address all the time and things like that. Yeah, and you just get like the code on your phone. It's, it's easy, yeah. Okay. I mean, this this is quite interesting, um, and I'm I'm going into the depth of of antitrust law. Okay, go um, just, in. Just as a warning, uh, because we said that we didn't want to talk about it too much, but um, this actually is quite interesting, um, because Facebook uh, initially acquired WhatsApp in 2014, right? And there was this whole antitrust proceeding in the European Union, uh, which was about. Facebook potentially having a monopoly on, you know, internet advertising and how this could endanger competition. Uh, and what Facebook's argument was is that they can't, technically can't uh, match up users from Facebook and WhatsApp because they don't have the, the phone numbers and this would require uh, WhatsApp users entering their Facebook uh, contact information or the other way around, uh, Facebook users uh, signing up with their phone number. Okay. And they said, no, they won't do this because people just wouldn't provide their phone number. But this is the exact uh, example for this. Yeah, they're just, everybody's like, um, yeah, like randomly giving out their, their phone number. So is this, is this the basis of the... Um the U.S. Federal Trade Commission's kind of inquiry into trying to look at breaking up Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. This whole thing, this whole conversation that's going on now. Yeah, I mean, it's this, it's it's the same everywhere. It's about market power and fair competition. If one player um, like WhatsApp has access to a lot of data and has a monopoly on, for example, messaging, which it doesn't because there are many other alternatives and people are quick to to change, uh, as as we've seen. Um, but if if a single player has that much data and, and others don't, that this is, might be a problem for, for competition. Right. So, I mean, all of this that we've said is just to say certain... Let's answer certain questions I think that yeah. a lot of people have been posing. So question number one, can Facebook and WhatsApp read my messages? The answer to that is no. Um, they're not reading your messages they are, I don't, they're not concerned with your messages because mm-hmm. if we're being honest, there's no value, monet, like there's no monetary value in the, te- the messages that you're sending to your friends and to your parents and things like that. The value is with everything else that you interact with the app. Yeah, it's also really hard to extract information from text exactly. because like, it's different languages and, and uh, slang and, you know, extracting information from text is always hard. Um, so... It's, it's much easier to, you know, say you have a network of friends and you know who to communicate with. Uh, and if you know some one of your friends is looking at uh, an ad on Facebook, uh, they might connect this to you as well because you also might be interested. Exactly. So then the next question that we got a lot from a lot of people was, um, is WhatsApp sharing my data with Facebook? And mm. the short answer is, if you live outside of the EU, yes. And a lot of it is mm-hmm. being shared with Facebook. So WhatsApp is, and they're very, they're quite explicit about this in their privacy policy. They do let you know that um, we are, sh- we do share face uh, information with Facebook in terms of trying to facilitate integration between the products, like mm-hmm. we said. Mm-hmm. So your your um, IP address, your device information, your account information. What else? I mean, presumably, Metadata, who you are texting. Who you're texting, so your contact list, 
all of that information is shared between WhatsApp and Facebook. Unless you live in the EU. Right. Which uh, is kind of a weird distinction um, at, at, at the first glance, because why the EU, and there are two possible explanations for this that come to mind. So one is obviously the GDPR, um, where there are obviously um, many problems connecting to sharing data, uh, right. as it's, it's always, but it doesn't really you know, outright ban sharing data mm. between WhatsApp and Facebook. It's all like, who has more interest? Do you have more interest in your privacy or has Facebook more interest in the data? Um, so it's it's a balancing act and mm. it isn't this clear-cut case that this is illegal in the EU and would be legal everywhere else. Right. Um, so another possible explanation for this is, and this is probably the one that is true, that is the, the antitrust, antitrust uh, yeah. proceedings. Because Facebook said that they wouldn't share data between Facebook and WhatsApp, uh, which turned out was untrue, and they got actually fined for this uh, a couple of years ago, 110 million euros. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so um, this this might and will probably be the other reason that Facebook isn't, uh, isn't taking the data from WhatsApp right. in Europe. I, yeah, I think in, they don't also want the threat of having more scrutiny from the antitrust bodies, and they also don't want to have to go through proceedings here in Europe about breaking up Facebook and WhatsApp, and I just don't think they want to deal with that, especially because yeah. I I guess the European watchdogs are quite, um, they're quite involved with big tech and they, they really are looking at big tech very seriously. So I think they're trying to, you know, balance it well and make sure that they're not in too much danger as they are in the US at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it seems quite weird that they're saying, hey, we don't want to, or that the only thing that is keeping them from becoming a monopoly is just the data that they have in Europe. But like everyone else's data is yes. completely fine. They're obviously sharing this. Right. So just that they don't have Europeans data doesn't really like change their market position on a global level. And I was looking at, you know, WhatsApp users demographically and mm -hmm. there are more WhatsApp users in India and in Africa. Like they are a lot more like that's where WhatsApp has the bulk of its users is actually outside of the EU. I found this quite interesting. I also read this somewhere that this is due to Facebook Messenger being more popular in, in Europe and the US mostly and uh, WhatsApp pretty much everywhere else mm. is that people in developing countries have slower phones and WhatsApp runs on these phones uh, better. better than yeah. uh, the more complicated Facebook Messenger. And this is why um, there is a divide, clearly, uh, mm. between between those two services. But I think it's interesting, like, when African countries, a lot of African countries are developing their um, data privacy or data protection regulations mm. now and are really getting involved in data protection and trying to understand and trying to figure out what, what Africa's position on data protection is going to be. Mm -hmm. I think it will be interesting in the future when these regulations are established or the AU takes a, a, yeah. a strong stance on data protection, what Facebook and WhatsApp and all of these other social medias that, that really are looking at the African continent now and saying, okay, this is a new frontier where we can grow our business. Mm -hmm. I think it will be interesting to see how they manage Africa and if they treat Africa with, with as much care as they treat the EU. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, I doubt it, <laughs> but we'll see. Okay, so um, having said all this, I think a lot of people have some decisions to make, right? Mm -hmm. So now you know how much of your data is being processed by WhatsApp. And if you are, live outside of the EU, you know that 
chances are this data is being shared with Facebook. So what are your options? Like, what are the alternatives? Do we have to stick to WhatsApp? Can we move on? Should we delete it? Like, it's what, what should we do? Yeah. Well, what do you think? So there have been uh, there has been a lot of attention to uh, Signal, mm. right? Elon Musk tweeting, you Signal, and then the wrong stock for Signal skyrocketing was right. a thing. Um, so uh, this is an app that is very much focused on privacy. Uh, they are very prominent about this. Um, and we've also read the privacy policy, right? Right. I think what's interesting about Signal is like the background because I started researching, looking at their privacy policy, and then I went down a hole looking at the background of the company mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think what's so interesting is that Signal is actually a, a nonprofit organization, right? So it's an NGO, mm -hmm. and it's so it's a com has a completely different business model from WhatsApp or Facebook. Their mission is really to support or accelerate and and broaden the availability of private communication. So mm. Signal has been used over the years by um, human rights activists and journalists and people who are kind of in the line of work where they are very focused mm. on privacy and they need their communications to be super private. And I read an article that was looking at how Signal grew during the Black Lives Matter movement mm. and during the protests that happened last year. And apparently Signal's... Um, signals signups or registration mm. on signal grew like five times mm. during the black lives matter movement because people wanted a safe space where they could plan for the protest organize and do things like that and be sure that their conversations weren't going to be shared or weren't going to you know be read by the company that they were using yeah and this is their main selling point right yeah. but it also holds up to scrutiny like we read to the privacy policy and although it doesn't have all the required parts according to the GDPR, they're a US company. Um, they do have very little data that they are uh, collecting and that they are sharing with other people. Yeah, I think what's super interesting is the whole contactless conversation or your mm -hmm. address book. So Signal, Signal having um, access to your contactless is optional, so mm -hmm. you can actually opt out. And Signal, um, optionally discovers the contacts so they have some sort of software where they discover the contacts on your address book that also use signal mm -hmm. so these are the only numbers that they will process but everybody else on your address book that doesn't use signal they won't interfere or try to collect information mm -hmm. about those specific numbers which is which is good it's completely opposite to what whatsapp is doing yeah. so if you're concerned about that and you know that the whole having all your numbers being processed and things like that is concerning to you, then Signal might be a good option for that. Yeah, definitely. Now, another uh, popular app is Telegram, right? Uh, and we've also looked into this and it seems much more shady. Yeah, I don't know. So Telegram, I also looked into their the history of Telegram. And Telegram was launched in 2013 by two Russian brothers. And they previously had a social media network called VK that they ended up having to abandon because President Putin's allies got involved in the mm -hmm. business and took over and then they were pressured out of the country. So it's like this whole dramatic thing. Mm -hmm. But um, Telegram's um, founders do have some sort of political affiliation in a way i would say yeah i mean they like on the website they say that they had to leave russia because of like the laws that they didn't agree with and now they're in uh dubai if i can remember this correctly mm -hmm. 
uh, and they say, yeah, well, we move here as well if the laws change and we don't like it, which seems a bit weird. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting. I think it's always interesting to look at the intention of founders. So people who create these products, what what are the intentions in creating mm-hmm. these products? What is like the mission of the company? What are the goals? And I think that's where Telegram and Signal are completely different mm-hmm. because Telegram is definitely a for-profit company. Mm-hmm. And I think their business model is more in line with what WhatsApp and Facebook are doing as opposed to what Signal's trying to do. Yeah, for example, your chats aren't being end-to-end encrypted uh, as a standard measure, but only if you're using secret chats and your group chats are never uh, end-to-end encrypted. So that means that technically, I don't know if they are doing this and if they are saying that they're doing this, but there there would be the technical possibility for them to read your messages. Exactly. And I think what's interesting about Telegram that makes it quite different is that it's a cloud-based service, Mm -hmm. right? So your messages, if you're using cloud chat, so they distinguish, like Paul said, between secret chat and cloud chat. Cloud chat is basically all your messages and things like that are saved onto the cloud. Whereas in secret chat... Your messages are not saved onto the cloud and there's end-to-end encryption in that way. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're using Telegram, be very careful because cloud chat is the default setting. So you actually actively have to go and change to secret chat. Yeah, so uh, in in this regard, they're worse than WhatsApp because uh, WhatsApp is all end-to-end encrypted, uh, whereas Telegram is not by default. Right, and Telegram is moving towards um, looking at ad-based revenue. So they're looking towards kind of showing you ads while you're on the platform and things like that. And Mm -hmm. we know once ads get involved, then your information is definitely being sold to advertisers. So it's really important to just be aware of that if you're thinking about swapping to Telegram. Yeah, so bottom line, what is happening with WhatsApp and should we switch now? I would say, okay, so here's the thing for me. Switching is a difficult choice Mm -hmm. because all of my family members Africans use WhatsApp. So switching for me, I would be the only person on Signal. Right, right. We we set up this podcast recording on WhatsApp. Exactly. So switching would be tough, but I do feel like transitioning to Signal or maybe just getting the Signal app for me Mm -hmm. and then seeing if like more and more people join on. I think that's a good idea because I really feel like what Signal is doing something completely different they are completely they run completely on donations Mm -hmm. they're not trying to make profits they do care about your privacy their um, privacy protocol has been reviewed by oxford and other universities Mm -hmm. and they've gotten good reviews from people who've done like actual studies on what their security protocol looks like and their privacy protocol looks like and their privacy and security protocol has been adopted by other companies. So I think Signal is a good option. And I think what's also interesting about Signal is that one of their board members is a form is the former founder of WhatsApp, Brian Action. Yeah. And he left WhatsApp after the Facebook acquisition and he's been very outspoken about not being a fan of Facebook and he's, you know, tweeted hashtag delete Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he, he, and there's a quote from Forbes where he says, and I quote directly, he said, I sold my users privacy to a larger benefit. I made a choice and a compromise that I live with every day. So you can just see that yeah. signal is trying to do something mm-hmm. completely different. And I think the, their mission is something that I respect. And for that reason, I would say Signal's a good option. Yeah, and the backlash that the media and, and everything um, 
that attention that this this change in privacy policy got also led to some change from WhatsApp side, right? So they postponed this change in in their privacy policies from the eighth of February to the fifteenth of May. Uh, so we'll I guess we'll see what happens and and if it, it's the same uh, in a couple of months, uh, or if they're doing secretly more or less, or um, if if something will actually change. Yeah, for in my opinion, I think. I don't think WhatsApp is going to change much mm. about their privacy policy because you, if you look at, if you're outside of the EU mm. and you look at the new terms, they are not different from the old terms. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, essentially since 2016, WhatsApp has been sharing user information and metadata with Facebook. And there was this, there was this window period where you could opt out. Mm. So there was an opt out period in that time in 2016, which I'm not sure many people probably even knew that they could opt out. Um, So lots of WhatsApp users have been having their Facebook, I mean, their information shared with Facebook for years now. Hmm. So why would they, why would they change that now? I mean, it's a weird thing that this suddenly gets this kind of attention. Exactly. Uh, And this is just because uh, WhatsApp prompted users that they have to accept this. If they hadn't, then, then, and apparently they are arguing that I mean, this isn't really consent, um, then why did they even? Exactly. And I also think it's the time that we're in. I think people are a lot more aware with like um, Netflix shows, like the Netflix documentaries mm-hmm. on social media. And people are, are a lot more aware about what's going on on social media and the power that these big tech companies have. So I think in 2016, where they were able to kind of sneak that into mm-hmm. the privacy policy and we were largely unaware it didn't cause this much of a social uproar i think in 2021 people are wisening up a little bit more people are caring a little bit more about their data and people are understanding the value that Mm. their data actually brings to these companies and are starting to demand some level of respect and some some sort of reciprocal relationship Mm -hmm, between mm -hmm. themselves and these um, companies yeah, so uh, I guess we'll see what happens in this case if WhatsApp will retract this. But I mean, it's their business model. So yeah. um, this is also, yeah, in their nature, more or less. Exactly. So, I mean, we hope we've given you food for thought. Mm-hmm. We we hope that maybe you've listened to this and decided, okay, I'm leaving WhatsApp or not. But I think it's better to know what's going on with your information so you can make a, an informed decision and you can do what's best for you as opposed to being blindsided by a random pop-up on your phone mm-hmm. just after new, like a few days after New Year's and being like, what's going on with this, you know? Just click agree. Exactly. So I think it's better to know. So, I mean... Yeah, guys, make the decision for yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we hope you found this interesting and found this helpful uh, to, you know, have some more information to, to base your decision on. Uh, we'll be back soon with uh, another topic and another hopefully interesting podcast. Thank you for joining. Uh, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ars Equi podcast. Check out our other podcast, Ars Boni, brought to you by the Department of Innovation and Digitalization in Law. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave your comments down below. Thank you again and join us next time on the Ars Equi podcast.